This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of MrsChristyJones.com, episode number 25. Today's episode is going to be so much fun. It's actually an interview with Holy Nation, the leading online community for health, fitness, and faith. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. I am so thrilled that you are here. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome to our family. And if you listen to us each and every week, welcome back and thank you for just being a part of our community, listening to this each and every week and sharing it with your friends and your family. So I created the Wife Wisdom Podcast just out of a heart for you. Because I know there's single women who desire to be married, and I want to help prepare you for that. There are also women who are newly married who want to really just thrive as a wife. And there are also women who have been married a little longer, like myself, and need encouragement staying married, (laughs) right? And so this podcast is for you. And it really is real conversations to help you cultivate your heart as a wife. And so today's episode, I'm super excited about because it's actually an interview. It's a Facebook Live that I that, that I did with co-pastor Tony Restrepo of Holy Nation, which is the leading online community for health, fitness, and faith. And we are talking about walking in love the challenge. And we are talking about the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs of how to walk in love in and through marriage and before marriage, what to do before marriage and what you can do with what's the secret to walking in love all the time. So that is what we're going to talk about in today's episode. I hope you love it. The host, Tony Restrepo. And I am so excited to have you join us this morning. Before we get into the message this morning, please take this opportunity to share this broadcast with your friends and family. Also, you're going to want to grab a pen and paper because you're going to want to take notes of what God is speaking to you personally through his vessels this morning. Amen. In addition to that, you know we love to hear from you, so please Leave your comments, questions, thumbs up, hearts. We want to interact with you. So please feel free to comment in the sections below. Over the last several weeks, Holy Nation has been doing a topic called Walking in Love, the Challenge. And I don't know about you, but of course, every time you step out to do a challenge, you are met with plenty of opportunity. (laughs) And so we have, over the last couple weeks, just really been focusing on our love walk and doing being the expression of God that he has created us to be. And we've been talking on this topic, and I'm so excited that this morning I have my dear sister here with me, Christy Little-Jones, the relationship expert of Wife, uh, Wife Wisdom Podcast, here with me this morning to really dive in to this conversation 
and really help us to walk this out practically, right? Especially you ladies that are looking to become wives. Either you are a wife, you want to be a better wife, or you are a wife right now and you're in some challenging circumstances and you're really questioning if you want to stay a wife. <laughs> you are in the right place this morning. We have Christy here with us and we're going to really just jump in and talk real some real marriage talk this morning on walking in love in spite of the challenges. Amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here with me this morning. And I want to give you an opportunity as well to kind of introduce yourself, what you do, and why we are so excited to have you here. Yes, I'm so excited to be here at Holy Nation. Um, I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women and men all over the world. I just have a heart for for couples, a heart for families, yeah. um, just a heart for the for the Lord, and and really um, in, in, in just to have integrity or just I love being an expression of who He is, yeah. and if I can do that in and through my relationships, I feel like that really glorifies Him and honors Him. And if I can help others to learn how to do the same, uh, that's really what I feel I'm purpose to do. Amen. That is our purpose. <laughs> Honestly, you know, God, our purpose is to be an expression of him. We're made in his image and after his likeness. Yes. And so once we realize that, that that is our purpose, then it doesn't become about what I do as much as it's about who I am. Exactly. Right? And, exactly. and making sure that's expressed in everything that I do. And it's so what I love about the Lord and when you're doing, um, these programs and it's week to week just hearing the thread of God yes. through every week so you haven't been here the last two weeks however the first thing that you said is the foundation for how we springboarded this um, series on love is that it all starts with your heart for the Lord yes. because if you don't develop your relationship with him first and foremost then it's going to be difficult for you to be able to love anyone else yes. That foundation starts with him, right? Amen. Loving him. And so that is where it all starts, right? And then, you know, in, in Matthew 22 and 36, he said, Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. He said, but this is the next part. Love your neighbor yes. as yourself. See, loving the Lord can be a little easy, right? Because the Lord is good. Right. He's always worthy to right. be praised. He's always loving us. He's always there for us. So loving him seems a little bit more, you know, doable. Yes. And then he said, but I want you to love your yes. neighbor now as you do right. yourself. And that could become a little challenging. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Because some of our neighbors at times are not as loving to us. Amen? <laughs> but that's when Jesus also speaks to us and says what? That we're to love our those our enemies. Yes. Those that use us and, and, and do the evil to us. We're exactly. to love them too. Exactly. Right? And so, you know, that is really what this month has been about. And so you can't really have a whole month of walking in love challenge and not really talk about marriage, right? Like, Absolutely. you know, the biggest, to me, the greatest relationship that is under attack majority of the time are your intimate relationship. Yes. And there's no more intimate relationship than the one with the father, right? Yes. And so that, that is where we constantly need encouragement because truthfully 
you know, relationships that you're not intimately attached to, they're not as challenging. Right. Right? So, right, so he's yeah. going to attack, if he's going to attack your relationship, it's going to be with someone <laughs> that's really going to get to you. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to do it with someone at work where you're like, okay, I see you, I don't right. see you. Right. He's going to do it with the closest person to you. Yeah. And so, both, you know, I've been married for 20 years. Christy, you're going on 17. 17. Right. That happened so fast. Right. That happened really fast. So I would say we both had some experience <laughs> under our sleeve at this time. I know there's some out there, some of you out there got 40 under your belt. Congratulations to you. We're, yes, we're, we're to we are pressing to continue yes. that same, to follow in your footsteps. But I think after 20, 17, 20 years, I would say we both have had some experiences of learning how to walk in love. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. 100%. And so I wanted to really be um, transparent. Like, you know, I think one of the things for, like, women, you you work with a lot of women that want to get married, right? And so in wanting to get married, we have the fantasy of the wedding day and the gown and all of the guests and all these, you know, things that we dream of. Yes, all of those (laughs) things that we dream of. So what are some of the things that, in your preparing women for, for marriage, what are some of the things that you try to prepare them, what, yes. prepare them with? What are some of the wisdom you would share with them? Um, I think that one of the things is that I've wanted to be a wife and a mom since I was probably 12 years old. Oh, wow. And so it made my parents yeah, very nervous. so. Talking about, oh, I can't wait to get married and have kids. I'd have dreams about my husband and me sitting in the passenger seat with snacks for the kids, like when I was 12. So it was very nerve-wracking for my parents. And so I didn't literally didn't get married and have kids till like 20 years later. Right. But I thought about it a lot. And so I understand when single women desire to be married and they desire to have a family and have children. I I get it. it, But what I've realized um, being married is that I had no idea, no idea what marriage entailed. I had no idea how much work I needed to do on me first before getting married. Because when you get married and then you try to do the work then, it is so much harder than if you do the work on you beforehand. If you fully understand who God has created you to be, then you're, if you know who you are, then you're going to literally eliminate a lot of those frogs, right? right? (laughs) The men that you really don't need in your life that you, you're attracted to because of your insecurities or because you don't know who you are and who God is. It's like, so I've, I've kissed a lot of frogs. And so, um, if I knew who I was before 30, Right. then I would have eliminated a lot of hard lessons. Right. And so I really help women to understand. I really feel like I'm a mirror. Mm-hmm. And I try to sh- and I really try to be the mirror and showing them who God has created them to be mm-hmm. so that they can work on them while they're single so that when they're married they can truly work on the marriage and not be so distracted working on them and him working on him right right, the brokenness brokenness. and I just think that if they understood that it would be so much more right not only easier but it would they would experience more of what God intended marriage to be like because they wouldn't be working on the insecurities when a, a woman comes and talks to your man and then they're like you know, they're getting jealous.
it's just, um, I feel like the identity piece and knowing who you are is, is key. It's key. It's, it's critical key. before you get married. Absolutely. Because I have to admit, like, real talk, I shrunk back from who I was probably the first four years of my marriage. Oh, wow. And I was walking on eggshells because I didn't want, you know, I, there was fear that I wouldn't live up to what he wanted. And he would, yes, he would pull his love away or he wouldn't love me anymore. Mm. He, and so I was never comfortable being fully who God created me to be. So when I really made the decision to do that, he was like, who are you? Wait, who are you who, wait a minute, who are you? who are you, right? So that was unfair to him right, too because right. that happens a lot. A lot. Absolutely. Because I wasn't fully who God created me to be. And because I was trying yeah, to... Fearlessly yeah, walking it, in that. Fearlessly. I'm yeah. a recovered people pleaser. Right. So I was people pleasing even in my relationships. Right. And of that's course. not truly who I was. Right. Yep. And that's so good because... Take that information. If you're a single woman, you're looking to get married, you're believing God for your husband, this is your time to work on you, to allow God to deal with your heart and to prepare you emotionally, mentally for the wife that you desire to be. That is key. But then we have some of us, like myself, that had no idea. I was, I think I got saved right before. We actually said, I do. However, Gil and I have been in a relationship for seven years before that. So we had no real spiritual discipleship or foundation in our life per se, especially in the discipleship area. So no, I knew nothing about who I was at all, right? Besides my name, my social security number, my birthday. But who I was spiritually was, I was clueless. So unfortunately, I didn't have the opportunity or I didn't take the opportunity or the opportunity wasn't presented to me to grow in who God had called me to be before marriage. And so then you have some of us that we get married and then we find out that we got some issues. <laughs> or at least he got some issues that God need to take care of. And for some reason, God is not working on his issues and getting him right. I don't know why. And most of the time it's because God is trying to show you your own issues yes. and how you play a part yes. in that. And I think that is one of the things that people miss about intimate relationship is that in intimate relationship, it helps you. It can help you to become who God wants you to be if you're willing to lay aside your pride and lay aside your self-centeredness and lay aside the things to really see what that relationship is showing you about you, right? That's the part. Like, all the things that come up, a lot of times we're ready to, you know, look at what the person is doing, but we're not checking why do I feel like I feel because of what you're doing? Why am I thinking what I'm thinking because of what you're doing? Why am I responding to you the way I respond to you because of what you're doing? Yes, you may be doing something, but what I'm going through is my responsibility. When I got that revelation, that's when I finally knew I grew up. So how long did it take you? Oh, forever. Forever. <laughs> At least 10 years married, right? Forever. And that's what I think is about being real is that we need to let people know, like, this is not it's something not you just a get married. not a short walk. No way. It's not a short walk, for sure. It is a super process. But the beauty of it is this. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 17 years ago, we didn't have us sitting before us. Right. That's good. 
right? I didn't. I wasn't sitting on a Facebook Live 20 years ago and someone pouring out their experiences to me and telling me and giving me the nuggets of what I would need to be a good wife. I didn't have that. Right. So the blessing is all that we've gone through and all that we've experienced in the struggles of marriage, we're now in a place to say, let's pour back and let's help us someone else take the shortcut and not have to go through the issues that we've gone through. And so that's why we're here um, this morning. So if you're already in it, you didn't have the chance to work on you and you didn't do the, that pre-marital work yeah. um, like some of us, there's still hope. <laughs> right. 20 years in, we're still standing. Amen. It's much easier today than it was yes, 10 years ago, absolutely. 20 years ago. So we still have hope. But some of the practical things, let's talk about some of the practical things that when you're in it and you're struggling and you still have some broken places in your life and you're, you're, you're not really liking your spouse too much. You know, you, you said I do, but right now you're like, oh my God, <laughs> why did what I did I do <laughs> What it was I thinking, I don't, you know, you would go through, we go through periods sometimes where you just don't even like your spouse. That's the real, right? And you have to really do some work. What are some of the things that you would just recommend or speak to someone that's in that place? Um, well, one of the things that I do is, um, or even just share or teach or impart is there's something that made you love him, to, that made you say yes. Yeah, that's true. Right? So we've got to go back to that place. We've yes. got to go back to when you were dating or when he swept you off your feet, when right. he was um, literally pursuing you. Right. And so what did he do? Right. What did it make you, how did it make right. you feel? Why, right, why, what was it about it that made you fall in love with him, that said you wanted to spend the rest of your life with him? Right. Let's talk about that. Right. And then when I get people to talk about that, you know, they get happy, they're excited, and they kind of forget about the, the, what he now, did, right, right that to totally piss him off. Right. You know, like, they forget about those things, but you have to remind yourself why. Right. I know for me that's really important, I think, in getting married. That's why a relationship with God is critical. Yes. And knowing, because, again, God created marriage. Right. And so you have to understand if he created marriage, then you've got to trust him or know him enough to know that he is going to join you with the person that he's purposed. Mm to be in your life right. as your spouse. Right. And so I was very clear. I really literally had an experience where I heard that, you know, I've created you to be Adrian's wife so that he can become the man of God that I need Amen. him to be. Amen. And so Absolutely. I go back to that yes. a lot. Absolutely. The a word lot. of God, honey. Yes. Rhema word of God. I really he. do. Yeah, and I'm like, God, you told me. So when he really is getting on my nerves, I'm like, Lord, remind me. Help me remember, and then, and it literally comes back to love. And even this week, recently, I just he got him on earth. <laughs> and it still happens after 17 20 years. And I was like, oh gosh. And I've gotten to a place where I have a um, like a default system. Okay. The very first thing when my husband gets on my nerves, I literally go to worship. Amen. That's I put worship in my ears to tune to out the. The, the voices, negative, voices, right? The negative real. noise, and the thoughts. desire to really say Retaliate. things that I want, yes. don't want to say, yes. that I'm going to regret. Right. And I literally, and so he knows, I'll be, we'll be in the middle of an intense time of fellowship. Yep. And I walk away and, <laughs> the earbuds, and he knows what I'm doing. Right, so he right. knows where I'm going. And it has That's a much better place me. to go, though. Yes. That's a very good, please write that down. <laughs> when someone get on your nerves before you retaliate, 
worship. Because really what you're doing is you're setting your heart and your mind and your affections on the Lord that's going to really help you want to not, like you said, do or push something over the top of yes. where it ought to be. Yes, it's so true. Really and it good. is, I mean, it, it's. I've been doing that for probably um, since 2000, probably 12. So what is that, eight? Six years? Yes. Seven years? So about seven years. And any time, it could be my sister, my mother, my brother, and I literally, that's the very first thing I do. And it's gotten to become a habit where it, what it does is it it switches that emotional anger Mm -hmm. or frustration and turns it into love. Yes. And it really is like an infusion of God's love that really helps me to see my spouse or see the person who's offended me very differently. Right. And so I have a playlist, yeah. and I wore that playlist out. <laughs> and um, and so that's really this week. God really was like, love, love, just love, just right. love. And so, you know, I love my husband. You know, the five love languages, it's his, his physical touch. Right. I just loved him, loved him, loved right. him. Amen. And he's just a different person. Right. When you love someone the way that... God loves you, or the way they receive love, it's yeah. like they brighten up. Oh, absolutely. Isn't that absolutely. It's so beautiful. That, that whole love language thing is key, right? Yeah. Because it's the way people... We had to learn that as well in our marriage was, you know, I wasn't the I wasn't the touchy feely person. That wasn't how we grow. We didn't grow up doing a lot of hugs and kisses or stuff like that. We may take do things for you, acts of service, gifts. That was my thing. So I would do those things, and then Gil would be like, "Do you love me?" And I'm like, "What? What you did? Like, what are you talking about? Do I love you?" But his language was physical touch and words of affirmation, and I was. I had was with depositing zero, and so it was really becoming an issue. And thank God for you know the knowledge of that to begin to say, oh, okay, so I can't communicate to you what is love to me. I got to communicate what's love to you so that you can receive love and know that I love you. And that, and honestly, that is love. Love is giving to the other person, being being willing to sacrifice how you might communicate, what you might do, or what you might want. To give that other person what they want and what they need. Girl, let me tell you. And that right there is huge. It's huge. But like you said, it's a sacrifice. And so, because, you know, when you have, there's a quiz that you can take. Five Love Languages quiz. Yeah, Gary Chapman. Yes, he's amazing. And you, mine was, my physical touch, which my husband's was number one, was the very lowest. It was one. Exactly. So you talk about a sacrifice. Yeah. Right. constantly having to remind yourself. Yeah. You I have, have to, to break the habit. Yes. Right? And I would put up alarms. <laughs> I have, you know, that's funny. Go hug Make love your husband. Yeah. I'd have literally <laughs> alarms. I'd have like it on my calendar because it's just, I love him the way I receive love. Right. As it's a natural. service. natural. Gifts, you know, encouragement, right. words right. of affirmation. And he was kind of like, that's nice, but... <laughs> Listen, I need you to sit, lay near me, watch the TV, hold my hand, like, and it's just not something that I had to really practice. Right. And so I'm still practicing. I'm still practicing. It's all right, forever. Um, You're a practitioner. Yes, I am. Love practitioner. Exactly. We never stop. (laughs) But this week, I did good, so. But what I love about what you're saying, though, and I hope that our viewers and our audience here um, is hearing is that you are very intentional. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just going to happen because I want it to happen. We, when you're trying to develop in your love walk, you have to be very intentional. You have, I got an amen corner, you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have an amen corner. You know, you have to be very intentional. Like, 
Make the, the, the sacrifice of writing it in your schedule. Right. What am I going to do? How am I going to plan to make this thing change? Because habits don't just change because we acknowledge that they need to change. No. Habits and things that are natural to us change because we put forth the effort the and the discipline yeah. and the work and the accountability yeah. to making it happen. And that's the only way it's going to happen. We have come to grow in those places because we put the work in and we had the accountability to seeing that happen. And so here we are. We have, you know, we have some wives on here now that are like, okay, that's cool. But the things that I'm dealing with, it's not just my husband getting on my nerves. You know, we have some marriages that have gone through some very difficult things. You know, the the horrible A word of adultery, all types of neglect and uh, um, those types of things that have been very hurtful and very difficult to overcome. Um, what do you, how do you encourage someone that says, okay, this is beyond him just doing little things that get on my nerves. Um, and I've tried, you know, praying, I've tried counsel, and I still can't get past what has happened. Um, I think it goes back down to the the foundation of your relationship and true your relationship with God, but also knowing I knew Adrian was supposed to be my husband. So when the storms came, when the lies came, when the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, I went back to knowing, wait a minute, I know that there's an enemy every moment of every day trying to still kill and destroy my marriage, my my children's lives, my finances, my career, my health. I knew that. So when I didn't allow my emotion to kind of get triggered to falling into the trick of the enemy, I really stood on God's word and he said, you know what? I brought together, let no man separate. Amen. So Amen. that really is, but again, it starts with the foundation with your relationship with relationship, God. Yeah. You've got to, if you don't have a relationship with God, honestly, I don't know how marriages make it. I, don't I really don't, because marriage is not easy. <laughs> you know, it is a challenge. It's something that requires God's presence yes. and his power Constantly. and his word to yes. really get the experience or gain the experience that you should have the way he intended it. That's what the word of God says, a three cord, a three cord, a three strand cord cannot be easily broken. And I can surely attest to that because it wasn't until I, you know, Pastor Gill and I actually went through a six month separation Mm -hmm. and it was in that season of our life that God was able to deal with me and I was able to develop my relationship with God and God was able to deal with him and help his heart and his relationship with God. It was that foundation that has kept us here today because had we not really developed our own relationship with the Lord. When God begins to speak to you personally about your relationship, when God begins to give you vision and purpose and you have understanding of why you are with who you are with and what God has called you to do, it really does help to fortify your foundation by which when things come. That's why the Bible says a house house that's built on sand will fall. But a house that is built on the rock, and Luke, it tells you this, if a house that's built on the rock, that's the word of God. When the winds and the storms come and beat up, it doesn't say that the storms are not going to come. Everything that everybody else goes through, every marriage encounters it at some place and some time and time. But the key is what is holding 
holding your house up. Because if it's not the word of God, if it's not your relationship with God, then when the wind come and knock you and you're not ready, you're going to be out. You're just going to be totally out. I do believe that, you know, coming back from adultery and infidelity and those things, it is very hard. And I know that the word of God gives us almost uh, allows us divorce in that situation. But what I want people to understand is that even though it's a cause or a reason, it doesn't have to be your solution. It doesn't have to be the, the route you take because you can come back. Can I get an amen? Amen. You can come back from there, but you have to be willing to do the work. You have to be willing to truly forgive. Um, and, and, and forgiveness, you know, we talked about forgiveness last week, Pastor Gil and I. It's something that you, you have to choose to do for you. You're not forgiving the person so much about what they did um, as much as you're forgiving them for what they did did to you, how it made you feel, what it did to your heart. Those are the things you have to forgive, even if you decided not to move forward, because unforgiveness will totally destroy your well-being. So it's a choice that you, if you choose to do it, I guarantee you God will show up and give you the grace to come through it. I can remember a time when I experienced a, a miracle of emotional healing in my life because I just said, God, I can't take it anymore and I need you to take it from me. And I woke up the next day and I have not felt a sting of it ever since. So when you truly want to let go, when you don't want to be a victim anymore, when you realize that God has given you the power to overcome this tragedy in your life and you begin to stand on the word and you begin to remember who God has called you to be and that you have an enemy and that he is the one that has used this situation to try to destroy. You can either let him destroy it or you can say, no, I'm going to allow this situation to bring my God glory. And I've seen marriages restored time and time and time again. And God be glorified and their marriage be better than it ever was even before the offense happened. Amen. And so it is possible. And I do agree. You need accountability. You need encouragement. You need someone to walk you through that tough time, right? Because if you don't have people, it's one thing to have your own relationship. There's some, you got to have somebody in your corner. Because there's some things in marriage that will knock you, knock you knock out, you, knock you on the ground. You'll be like, counted. they like nine and a half. Yes, and you ain't like tap out. Yes. <laughs> you got to get to a corner where you know somebody's over there that's going to, you know, wipe up your bruises a little bit and say, and encourage you and, yeah. and tell you the word and, and encourage you to keep moving forward. You can't have the people in your life that are going to, you know, speak negative to you and tell you that you shouldn't be pushing forward in your relationship and last. It's just not going to happen. And you can't do it by yourself. I'm going to repeat that. You cannot do successful marriage by yourself. You have to have people in your corner that are for successful marriage, that know the word, and that are going to encourage you in that. Because if you don't have those people, you will not succeed. You will not succeed. I wanted to go back to when you said um, you had a six-month separation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you had a six-month separation with intention, right? So there are a lot of people who think it's easier to get a divorce. 
divorce. Oh, yeah. It's easier to get a separation and then, you know, find somebody else, right? But when you had your six-month separation, you were intentional in listening to God. Oh, yes, I was. Listening and making sure, okay, God, what am I supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to be, how are we supposed to be operating in our marriage? And I think that's important because... Well, well let, let, let me back you up a little bit because when I left, I didn't intend, I didn't intend on doing that. <laughs> I left with the intention that I was done. Yeah. Honestly, I was, it's a wrap. I was, but God used my yes, heart for him it. and began to develop yes. my heart and began to speak to him. I've heard, I never had a relationship with God like I did in all my life until those six months. That's awesome. It really, and then when, because I had such a heart and a hunger for him, yes. I was able to hear him clearly and hear his will. And then I started realizing, oh, this ain't your will is not for me to be happy. Yes. I thought your will was for me to be happy. That's why I left that brother. Yes. Yes. Now you're telling me something totally different, but my our heart was so desired to please God that when he started saying these things to me, I was like, oh, so you try to tell me I got to go back. Oh, okay. But that's key. Yeah. Your heart was to yes. please God. That's what's and so many key. couples that I coach mm -hmm. is... They want to please themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It'll yeah. never work. Let me tell you, the biggest thing that destroys marriages, it's not adultery, it's not all of it, it's selfishness. selfishness. Yeah. Selfishness is the number one thing that destroys yeah. marriage because you cannot be self-centered in a union. <laughs> you can't. You know, you have to, love is about the other person. God puts two people in each other's lives to serve one another, to be an expression of his love to one another. I remember one time when God spoke that to me. He said, you're in Gil's life to be an expression of my love. Yes. Oh, the conviction was so real. Because I was like, ooh, I ain't doing too good. You know, I'm not doing good when I'm, like, being nasty. And, like, that's not an expression of God's love. So if my purpose there is to show him love, sacrificial, unconditional, like God's love. Not my love. Not, oh, you brought me flowers, now let me love you. Yes. You know, oh, you said nice words to me, so now let yes. me love you. Yes. No, God's love is that sacrificial, oh, you did something that got on my nerves, I gotta love you. Yes. You know, that's the type of love that God is saying we're all here to express to one another. Yes. And so that took a lot of work. That's why your heart has to be for God yes. first. Yes. You have to have that foundation firm because if you don't, you will never be able to really love someone like that. It's true. And I think also, even going to thinking about people who don't know the definition of God's love. Mm -hmm. They've never experienced, experienced mm -hmm. God's love because when God created us, he created us out of love. Mm -hmm. So we knew what love felt like when we were born. Mm -hmm. But then people in our lives, we had experiences with people who we trusted, who we expected to feel God's love from right. and didn't. Right. And so now what happened is that corrupted the truth of God's love and, under, and understanding of what that was. And so now they grew up in understanding a warped, having a warped definition of love. And so we have a lot of walking adults who have a warped idea, understanding, definition of what love is. And so they've got to get back to renewing their mind and understanding, okay, God's love is patient. God's love is kind. Love God. God's love is is does not keep records of wrong. Yeah, I was. I just pulled the spit right. Yeah. So if yeah. you are renewing your mind, then you know if you're in a relationship where it's not kind, right. it's not patient, then you're like, okay, I'm not experiencing love, honey. It should be like a red flag. Right. Like right, right. why? You know, right, especially right. single.
guy's idea, not my idea. That's why love language was hard. Right. Right? Handle right? time. Handle time. Right? So, but the thing that was interesting is that um, it, I, there was a time, I think I was pregnant with Sky, and I was having Braxton Hicks really quickly, like early. Right. And so it was hot. We Our air conditioning broke. And my husband went to get me like three fans. Oh. But that is, you don't think about that when you're right. single. Right, right. Like, how is you, this man going to treat me if I can't get out of bed? I'm supposed to drink a big 10 one. hour, 10, 10 glasses of water every hour. Like, how, and the fact that he treated me that way was, right. there was a compassion, there was a kindness, there was a love that you need to see before you get married. Right. Because right. there's something. You don't want to find out No, after, you right? don't. Because there are a lot who do. Yeah. Right. Some, for some people, they experience the opposite. They shy away in those times. Yeah. But I want to read the scripture yeah. that you were Please. quoting for those of you that are watching. It's 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. You know why I love this? Let me tell you, right? Because one... Pastor Gill and I had been together for years before we went to our first counseling session. And the first counseling session we finally went to at this new church we had started going to, this is the scripture they pulled out on us. I think they pulled out the Amplified. You should read the Amplified. <laughs> it bring more clarity. So they pulled this out. We know we go in a session and he's giving his whole gripe and I'm giving my gripe. And the, and the elders say, okay, can we read this scripture? So we read the scripture. And then they said, so you guys, do you guys feel like you're loving each other? Exactly. We had nothing to say. We was zip, right? Because we realized we had no clue what we were doing. But we say that we love each other. And, and what I began to realize is that love is not determined in the good times. When you read this scripture, you realize that love is truly determined and truly um, expressed in the difficulty. Right? Because you don't have to be, you're not thinking about being patient and kind and not rude when things are good. Those are things you got to think about when it's not when it's not going the way you want it to, right? Or how you feel. And so, really, what it, what it helped it helped me so much to appreciate my marriage because I realized that you know you think oh my marriage is not that great because we went through this and we went through this and we got that issue and we had this issue and you're thinking that uh, this dream marriage is a, a marriage with no problems and they just you know fairy wonderland place that I don't know if anyone has that but that's what we're conditioned to think because we grow up on these fairy tales right and so you're thinking oh your marriage is not the greatest because you've had all these challenges and then one day God opened my mind, my eyes to see that your marriage is amazing because it's endured every single one of those challenges so it really is founded on love because only love can endure that that's good 
And so that just shifted my whole way I saw my husband, the whole way I saw my marriage, because then I realized, oh my gosh, this brother really loved me. Because he done, he done put up with a whole lot of ugly. And I am here, I mean, seriously, he has put up with a whole lot of ugly. So it really helped me to appreciate the love that I had in my relationship. So I want to encourage you, if you're watching, to don't think that because your marriage has gone through a lot that it's not good. Yes. The fact that it's still standing yes. tells you that you have the foundation by which to be really, really proud of and you can continue to grow and fix your, your marriage to becoming the fairy wonderland you want when you have that foundation of love. Amen? Amen. So, Chris, will you have any last words of wisdom to share? Um, one of the things that I wanted to address that you talked about that I think is really critical in walking in love is knowing how to forgive. Yes. Um, critical. It's critical. And most people think that forgiveness is you're going to feel like forgiving. <laughs> you won't ever feel like forgiving when somebody offends you. No, it's a You know, when they offend you, they think, oh, well, time will help me to forgive. You know, if I move away, but then, you know, it could be anything from a car to a song that's right. going to always come back to remind right. you of the offense. Right. And so I, what I tell people is that um, offense has different stages, mm -hmm. right? So the first stage is shock. Shock is the first stage, right? And so we're shocked that somebody did this or had an affair, um, you know, they stole our money and ran away. Like, right. I just... It, we're shocked. Right. The second stage is anger, mm -hmm. where you get angry, you want to hurt somebody, you want to <laughs> hurt somebody, <laughs> right? So that's anger, the second stage. The third stage is sorrow, and yeah. sorrow is that like that deep, wounded sorrow where you, it's hard to even get out of bed, mm -hmm. and it could, depending on the offense, right. right? And then the fourth stage is acceptance. Mm -hmm. Now, most people stay within those four stages of, of offense, mm -hmm. and they bounce back and forth from anger to shock to sorrow to mm -hmm. acceptance. Mm -hmm. Whatever triggers, right. they stay within this, this, this vicious cycle, cycle yes. even decades, wow. generationally. Right, that's true. Right? Offense can be transferred yes. because we don't like these people. Right. So because, now, right. because of something that they don't even remember. But grandma said we don't like the right. Smiths. Yeah, that's where yeah. racism stems from. Right? Absolutely. So now, the only way to get out of this vicious cycle of offense is to forgive. Absolutely. And immediately when you forgive, it will catapult you to a place of healing. And that literally takes you out of this cycle, cycle of offense. Yeah. And so in order to forgive, it's so important that you know that it is like a gift. It's a gift. If I were to say, hey, sis, here you go. Here's some water. But I never let it go. <laughs> right? It's like a present. It's a gift. You have to give forgiveness. You have to make the decision to forgive. Yes. You won't feel like it. So right. you have to decide to forgive. So it's not, oh, well, I want them to hurt. I want them to pun I want to punish them. Right. I want them to still feel like they hurt me. So I want them to hurt back. Mm -hmm. That's not forgiveness. Mm -hmm. But when you let it go and then you no longer have to, you know, hold it over the head. Well, remember when you right. remember when you did, right. that's not forgiveness. Right. So you have to literally Make the decision to let it go like a birthday present. You let it go without any expectation in return, without any, you know, any response to it, without any 
different behavior, right. Right. and it takes practice. And so I think that's the last thing is in order to love and walk in this and walking walk in love yes. every day, you have to learn how to forgive yes. very it's the quickly. Ultimate expression yes. of love. You have to. It's the ultimate expression. You really do. Yeah. And then literally it'll get you to a place of healing. And this person who may have offended you, you're walking around healed and they're still stuck in unforgiveness. Oh, they're yeah. still stuck in the offense. Yeah. And you that's see the, it that's a the lot. biggest part really? of it is that the person that has that. offended you is living their life. Like, doo -doo -doo, everything is wonderful. <laughs> and you're in sorrow and you're in yeah. pain and you're hurting. And so that unforgiveness yeah. really is just blocking you. Blocking you from being healed. Blocking you from walking in prosperity. Blocking your life, period. So letting it go yeah. is freedom. It is. It's freedom because otherwise we're just in bondage. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. This has been such a blessing yes, to have you here with us this morning. Listen. If you, I hope you left some comments, some questions um, in the comment section below. If you're watching the replay, leave your comments, leave your questions below. We want to interact with you. We appreciate you spending this time. Listen, we know that forgiveness and walking in love is a challenge. But God says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So when we ask for his grace, when we ask for his help, he is there to help us to get this accomplished. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Amen. Thank you so much. Do we have any comments? The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. <laughs> so until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.